We know that building and running a company is hard work and that its success requires great leadership. Because we believe people can achieve incredible things, we want to shine a light on those people who are improving their organizations. Join us as Core Talent's Laura King invites presidents, CEOs, and executives to share their stories on how they have transformed their business and implemented unique strategies to ensure its success. Welcome to Core Talent Connects. Here's your host, Laura King. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Core Talent Connects. I am so excited to be with my colleague today, Todd Johnson, who we all call TJ, is the Director of Recruiting Services at Core Talent. And I am not going to do his, uh, his introduction. I will let him do that. And then really, we want to focus this episode on giving you significant amount of value as we are talking about how we are helping the companies that we're working with through these in, you know, very uncertain times and figuring out the best way to get talent in the recruiting process and, quite honestly, into your organization um, when sometimes we can't physically all be, you know, be together. TJ has a tremendous amount of experience um, with a lot of different types of recruiting, but he is very well known in our organization as being our go-to for VP of sales, director of sales. He's like the master of sales. So TJ, welcome to the show. Thanks, Laura. I appreciate it. Uh, Happy to be on Core Talent Connects uh, as part of this series and uh, looking forward to the conversation today. So tell us, just give the listeners a quick background on how you arrived in the lovely land of recruiting. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, so started my, uh, started my recruiting, uh, wanting to honestly just get into the people side of the business, right? Previously was in uh, payroll and compensation, um, and there's nothing wrong with those careers at all. I, I learned a tremendous amount, especially about customer service um, in my six, seven years on that side of the house. Um, but wanted to get out and engage with people more, have more conversations, um, and also learn about business. And I felt like through um, some folks that I knew in recruiting, uh, specifically agency recruiting, they got to learn a lot about business and a lot about people. Um, And so that's what brought me into core talent and starting to explore opportunities. Um, I got the chance to connect with Mary Nutting um, and sit down with her just more so from an informational. Um, and then um, one thing led to the next and they needed a pretty entry level recruiter at the time uh, to come into their, uh, t- to come onto their team. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to be selected for that position. And the rest is history. Six years later, almost, right? Yeah, I guess uh, my role has evolved quite a bit from that that entry level recruiting position, and um, I've worked my way into uh, managing the recruiting staff, and now uh, more of the director level where I'm managing the staff, but also managing uh, 
the bulk of our client engagements uh, from a retained search perspective. And, and that's why I really wanted to, to dive in today because TJ has a unique uh, vantage point in that he oversees all of our searches, all of our searches. And um, just to, to give some context, at Core Talent, we help mostly small entrepreneurial, some you know, mid-sized organizations really grow through the optimization of obviously the most valuable asset, which is people. And we offer a lot of flexible and, and dynamic services that are very customized to our entrepreneurial and, and growing organizations. So we are known for retained search, but we also have some significant value adds such as assessments and, um, and other, you know, some, some additional consulting. But we, we really pride ourselves in working as a team and, and TJ oversees that team. And therefore, he also has the vantage point into working with all of the different clients that we have. And so I'd love to, to really frame the conversation in that there's a lot of uncertainty and, and people really not even sure um, from, from a business standpoint of, is now even the right time to be, be thinking about hiring? I mean, it, it, do I really want to go out to the market right now? And so I'd love, it, pretending like if I'm your client, how would you answer that question? You know, I think now is a good time to hire. I mean, I think you kind of got to see the big picture in terms of where your business is headed. I do think I do think it's important to have that reality check before you go out and uh, want to bring in a recruiter or a retained firm, right? I think there's a couple of things to consider. It's where is my business at? How did we perform in 2019? How are we performing, you know, through Q1 of 2020? And then what were we projected to do 2021, 2022? So you talked about the entrepreneurial side of things. We work with a lot of traction or EOS companies who typically have a three-year target, right? And they also have a one-year picture. Well, that one-year picture may have been affected by COVID, right? But will that three-year picture be affected? We all hope not right? Um, And we hope that we will see um, significant growth here in the near future. So if you're ready to continue to attack that three-year target, continue to push through what we're going through in 2020, hiring now is the right time to hire. A, unemployment is is high, right? Across all industries. Um, And B, um, you know, it's a good time to bring in a strategic hire, um, because they can help you navigate some of these scenarios and situations that your business is facing. Absolutely. And one more thing, at least that I've seen, I'm not sure if you can attest to this more on the candidate side, is that a lot more candidates are open to having a proactive conversation. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it's being clear with the value proposition, right? For us as, as the recruiter, It's the risk reward that candidates are facing, right? Some candidates might be, "Ah, I'm holding on to my job because I don't know what the next six months is going to look like. But other candidates are thinking, I better look because I don't know what the next six months are going to look like, right? So you have to have that story and that engagement and the risk reward. And that's what we like to sell at Core Talent is this career will be rewarding to you. And here is why. Um, and I think a lot of people, once you get them on the phone, they're like, why wouldn't I look at this opportunity? Um, right. right. I, I am 
ready for a change, ready for a move. And I think it's short-sighted to think I'm going to stay secure in my position, even though I was happy, unhappy three months ago and probably would have talked to a recruiter. You're still going to be unhappy three, six, nine months from now when we're through the uncertainty of what we're facing here in 2020. And the other, and the other piece is, I think a lot of true colors have been shown by organizations through this time. Yeah, agreed. You know, it, it's how, how have people been communicated with? How have they been handling it? Where have they been allowed to work? Where, where haven't they been allowed to work? Um, you know, what, what, uh, what other things are companies doing to keep and engage their talent and keep them informed through this entire process is important. And we get a lot of that feedback from candidates um, and start to develop and hear some best practices just from, from the front line. Um, and so you're, you're absolutely right in terms of um, how, how have I been handled and how will I be handled going forward, you know, in, in a candidate seat. Absolutely. What about um, from a process standpoint? I mean, I know internally we've talked about our, our time to fill and being an EOS you know, run company, we're all about you know, metrics and performance, but talk to um, the, the, what you've seen in terms of, has this sped up time to fill? Has this slowed down time to fill? G- give us some, some data there. It's actually been fascinating um, to look at our scorecard through the course of COVID. We've obviously gone more virtual, right? Um, and at core talent, you know, we used to pride ourselves on meeting, and I'll be transparent with this, meeting, meeting candidates face-to-face and interacting with them and bringing them into the office. Well, we had to make a change in just our process um, in terms of going virtual, right? You're not getting the handshake from every single person, but you're still interacting with them face-to-face via Zoom or Skype, or FaceTime, whatever medium is easiest for the candidate to connect on. Um, and that has actually sped our process, our, our time with the candidates in process has improved um, to the point where we're getting candidates into our client's process um, in three to five business days. So we may have an initial phone screen with the candidate. They check all the boxes. We move them through to a face-to-face or virtual meeting at this point. Um, We're getting them through our process in three to five business days. Historically, it might be more like five to seven, seven to 10, depending on where the person lives in the metro and where they're located across the country, right? So it's a lot easier to set up and schedule appointments right now Um, and get people at their convenience within their own homes. Um, And then on the flip side, from a client perspective, once we move them through and into the client process, um, we've also seen clients really adapt to at least having first, if not second conversations with candidates virtually. Um, And that, that has improved both, I think, the client experience as well as the candidate experience, because then you don't have candidates that are drug out in process for two, three, four weeks at a time. Um, they're getting through core talent in three to five business days. They're into the client within those three to five days and the client's process typically takes about a week to two weeks thereafter. Whereas before we, we would track that it would be a month, uh, I think 35 to 42 days. So we're talking five to six weeks for a candidate to get through the entire process. That's incredible. I mean, so, so, you know, we always, you know, think about this through the different lens of, you know, what, 
how is this good for candidates? How is this good for employers? Um, and, and, you know, quite honestly, the, the gift of, of people not having to necessarily drive across town, take time off of work, you know, getting all the executives aligned and their calendars aligned, it's really helped. It's a simple thing, right? You used to think, oh, people should be, be able to commute and get across town and we'll, we'll, set, we'll set this up for a week, a week and a half out. And we didn't really think about it too much because it was the norm. Uh, but like you said, that just the ease of everything that, that it provides from a recruiting agency perspective, a candidate perspective, and a client perspective, why not potentially stick with this for the long run? And I do think it is here to stay. What other things that have crossed your mind in the last three months, TJ, that have, have been kind of a light bulb moments for you or things you said, well, I really hope this actually sticks around for the long term? Um, I would say, you know, I think it's, it's even in, in the sense of sales process and observing um, other, our, our clients and how they're handling it. Typically, they would have a lot of people on the streets, spend a lot of dollars on travels, a lot of expense, right? And I think they are finding ways and solutions as to how to set up their team virtually, but at the same time, um, still get to those key anchor clients from a travel perspective, but then it's, it's still targeting when those happen, right? So that cash flow management, the expense management, all of that has been actually, actually pretty cool to observe. Uh, we actually had a client that, that used to require their director of sales to travel 70 to 80%, right? Um, and now they're, they're really cutting that in half and building out an inside sales team to be a little bit more cost effective for the company. Um, and I think they'll just, they'll find just as much success. Fantastic. Talk to us about that final interview. What's happening for the final interview? It's subjective on the position. It's also subjective on the company. Uh, but oftentimes we still want people to uh, know the culture, know the people, know the facility um, and physical space um, that the, the company may have. And so typically right now, most companies are still having candidates come in for a final or in-person interview. We've actually had some candidates ask for that as well, which I think makes some sense, right? They want to know um, if we get through this and when we get through this, as we are starting to go back to work, where am I actually going to be physically reporting to? And maybe that's a Monday through Friday, nine to five. Maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. A lot of clients are being more adaptable in terms of their work from home policies because they can see that their, their people can do it. Um, but again, I think most often we are still having final interviews happen in person on the client side, but there have been some clients that have even gone as far as having final interviews um, through web um, and doing all their onboarding and all those things virtually too. So um, it's things that people are, the wheels are just turning here. I mean, we're seeing the first three months of this. And so more companies are going to go to virtual onboarding. More companies are going to go to virtual interviewing as this process plays out um, in the future because it's just it's efficient. It is efficient. And along the lines of that virtual onboarding, I know that's, that's yep. so critical as, as we, as the recruiters kind of step away and, 
and you know our our part of the process is done, but we really want that to go to go well. What are some some tips that you specifically share or will continue to make sure that those are are delivered, clearly delivered, um, so that that person that you've spent so much time recruiting has a great first 90 days? I think the communication with clients that are doing virtual onboarding is do anything and everything to keep that candidate, now their employee, engaged, right? So it's being clear about the calendar, being clear about who they work with, what that process looks like. Because if you have somebody sitting at home, twiddling their thumbs, not really knowing who to pick up the phone um, and ask questions to, whereas if you're in a cube or an office setting, you walk down the hall and you get the answers, right? Here it's contacts are super important. Um, Who's going to be my advocate or my mentor within um, within the organization, mm-hmm. um, and, and setting that person up, you know, from a scheduling perspective to get some face time with their team, get some face time with their direct hiring manager, and then understand what those key objectives and responsibilities are within the first 30, 60, 90 days. I mean, that's, that's basic onboarding stuff, but it gets even, uh, more highlighted, I would say, as, uh, people go into a virtual onboarding setting. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any companies do anything that's really stood out to you, even from like the employee experience standpoint? Um, you know, from an onboarding perspective, it's it's the engagement um, with the team. And I think they've done, you know, virtual happy hours where it's a little bit more casual and a get to know you type setting. Um, I think from a, an, just an ongoing cultural perspective, Um, people are starting to find ways to social distance and volunteer and, and get outside the office, those kinds of things. Yeah. I I saw something, it wasn't anyone I knew, but something, um, that a new employee, they, they came to their driveway and they all toasted, toasted that new employee. You know, so, so at a social distance, you know, um, uh, space, of course. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Or even, or even something as, as simple as a hiring ma- the new hiring manager to, um, you know, deliver a meal, like yeah. or, or send a meal, right? Like that. Anything that is very personal. Yeah, I've heard a lot of the the, the meal delivery aspect of things, and that always goes over well. Um, you win people's people's hearts over with food, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and the family, right? My, my wife, for example, they had a meal delivered to us pretty much every week through the course of this. Last week, we just made homemade pizza. It was a homemade pizza kit. Somebody dropped it off at our front door, um, and we were able to do that with the kids. So there's, there's all sorts of those different ideas. And again, I think we're just scratching the surface on, on what that can look like and how that can impact culture. Mm-hmm. I remember one time in my career, I had a boss that sent a handwritten note, not to me, but addressed to my husband. I got to say that was forever etched in my mind as being like, wow, that is cool. goes a long way. Again, if if we get back to um, how to treat employees as they're coming into the door, um, or even candidates for that matter, it's 
um, what we always tell our um, recruiters is communicate, communicate, communicate. And if you feel like you've communicated, over-communicate. Um, and I think that is even more important now being in virtual and a lot of the unknowns and making sure that people know how to navigate and where to go um, if they are going to physically see somebody and what those COVID um, restrictions are within those facilities. So somebody's prepared if they have to wear a mask or if they have to wear gloves um, and if they're going to be in a, a meeting where those things are required, we, we have to over communicate right now. Absolutely. It even goes back to something that I think we can't even begin to scratch. I mean, it's just shout from a rooftop of, of the alignment even before getting to the client side of the interview process of being able to preview that with the candidates and to yep. have alignment and clarity there because that, you know, if you are a candidate and you're going through this experience and you don't feel like this potential employer has their stuff together. <laughs> you're looking at them thinking, gosh, is this how it's going to be when I accept an offer? Yeah. And so much of what, what, you know, we do too, is we, we want to get that, those conversations happening way before we even get to that part of the process. <laughs> Correct. And I think, I think the advice to the, the hiring team or hiring managers is, it's just clarity around that process. It sounds like a simple thing and it sounds like something that everyone thinks about, but you have to remember in a small to medium sized business, these entrepreneurs, whether they're at the executive level, leadership level, um, they're wearing a lot of different hats. Um, and sometimes we have to walk them through exactly what that process um, can look like, but we also have to customize it to make sure that it's something that they're comfortable with. But we bring that back to the candidate at the forefront of it and make sure that they're crystal clear on what the next two, three weeks will look like from a time commitment for one, because most um, the most of the people that we engage with have a lot going on. They're either actively interviewing or they're working full time or their mom, dad, sister, brother, what have you. They're busy. And so they want to know. And I mean, and that, and that's just the, you know, the whole value add for, you know, a, a recruiting firm at this point is, you know, a lot of these, these companies, could they go out and recruit uh, an executive? Absolutely they could, mm -hmm. but it's the value of their time. You know, if their time is worth $300 an hour, $500 an hour, do they really want to be spending that reviewing resumes and interviewing people? Yep. Or they basically get handed here, you know, a panel of three to five people that we think will do phenomenal inside your organization. And quite honestly, right, right now, a lot of these growing organizations say, we want to give this to experts. And so that's, you know, that's where core talent comes in. And, you know, the, the most, uh, I, I'm getting to my question, I, I promise you is, usually there is a part of a process that, um, that we love the most. So for me, that's um, discovery. So I love getting to know a new client, learning about their business, um, really just diving into the culture. You know, other recruiters I talk to say, oh, I love the end where we're doing the offer negotiation and, you know, I'm going back and forth. And 
just, this is more of curiosity. I can't believe I've never asked you this question, TJ, but what's, what's your favorite part of the process? I mean, I'm super competitive. So I'm, I'm probably more on the back end where the negotiation is ongoing and we're getting closer and closer to the close, right? Cause I, I want to do right by the client because the client hired us for a specific reason, but I also want to do right by the candidate because we brought the candidate and spend a lot of time with the candidate. Now, the part of the reason, like I said, at the open, I got into this business is to learn more about business in general. So like you, I do love the discovery side and just asking questions. And sometimes I'll say, I'll say this in, in an intake, I'll say, this might be a naive question, but can you explain some more about like whether or not they're making a widget or they're selling a service? But I just, I'm curious as to how they got to that standpoint. Um, and that is the best part about recruiting um, from a career is just the, the ability to learn how all these entrepreneurs think and then how their companies came to be. But then at the end of the day, it's filling the seat and seeing them put somebody in their um, company that will help them strategically get to the next level um, and making a win-win, um, mm-hmm. which, which really fulfills my competitive juices. <laughs> And then, and then that person does so well that they get promoted yep. and then they have to turn around and, you know, our client, our, our candidate becomes our client. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's best case scenario right there for sure. So we're coming up on the, the end of, uh, of our time together, but TJ, what else um, would you share as, you know, other helpful tips to these entrepreneurial or growing businesses that are, you know, faced with um, maybe just so much uncertainty, you know, you know, would, would you say that, does it, does it make sense to sit down and talk to, you know, some other recruiting firms with talk to other business owners, you know, what, what recommendations would you have for someone who's just not sure um, what they should do as far as getting the people part, right? Yeah, I think, I think it's exploring, right? Um, If maybe, maybe they've used a recruiting firm before and that's probably a different scenario, but if it's a small to medium sized business that um, is still growing and thriving in this market, um, and they haven't used a recruiting firm and they have the need to recruit, it's, it's really doing your homework um, and asking the questions around the process, asking questions around KPIs and metrics and how long does it take uh, for, for a candidate to come across my desk and how often am I going to be communicated with um, and are you going to customize a profile or an assessment to my needs or not? Um, I think those, those questions oftentimes and sometimes get overlooked. And so it's, it's really um, peeling back the onion um, on the forefront. Um, as far as hiring goes um, in this market, you know, I think it's, it's really being transparent with the candidate too um, in terms of where you're at as a company, what your vision is for the position um, and not just reading it off a job description, right? Job descriptions are great. Um, they provide some substance to what the role is going to be for a candidate at the, the onset. But I think it's important for candidates to hear from the client what their vision is and where they're headed and where they're going. We, we like to articulate that as the recruiter, but 
it's always best to hear it from the client as well. Absolutely. There's a balance of who's selling, right? Correct. Sometimes the candidate's selling, sometimes the, the company is selling. Correct. The candidate certainly has to sell themselves at the forefront, but as that process goes on and as you're feeling good and you're getting closer and closer to the, the offer and the hire, if you want to retain that person beyond 90 days, beyond 180 days, they are going to need to hear from you. I think that's important. So rather than doing the lightning round with you, I want to end on a really positive note because I've gotten a couple notes over the, the last couple of weeks and people have been you know, concerned, like, how, how are things going in the recruiting industry? You know, is everything, has everything dried up? And I smile and I say, actually, we're doing really well. So can you address that question? Yeah, you know, we've, we're, we're pacing ahead of our 2019 um, which is incredible to say. Here we are, June 29th, halfway through the year, uh, pacing ahead of 2019. 2019 was a record year for core talent. Um, so again, 2020, hopefully hanging into onto a record. Uh, not, not quite to maybe where we thought it was going to be at the onset, but to your point, we've continued to fill jobs. We've continued to have clients come to us with opportunities and opportunities in bulk and in mass. Um, and it's just been, it's been really exciting. Um, and the recruiting team continues to blow me away with the amount of activity that they have every single week in terms of candidate engagement, candidate conversations, um, candidate presentations to clients. So we're, we're rocking that scorecard. Um, and we're taking it, we're taking it really seriously. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you, but I also want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. And if you have specific questions um, for TJ or for myself or other people on the core talent team, I mean, please ping us um, on our website or through through our LinkedIn profiles. We'll include that in the show notes um, because we might do this again and answer more uh, specific questions that you have. Um, This is really all about you and we want, we are here to serve. Um, we appreciate your time as always and, um, and uh, hope everyone has a wonderful rest of, uh, of your day. Take care. Thanks for joining us on Core Talent Connects. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app and share this episode with a friend or colleague. Hi, I'm Laura King from Core Talent. I'd like to invite you to visit coretalent.com to learn more about how Core Talent accelerates business growth through people. That's C-O-R-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. And if you're interested in having me speak on a panel or at your next event about the evolution of recruiting, modern workplace culture, retention, or employee engagement, please drop me a note at lking at coretalent.com or ping me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.